This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 2nd, 2016. Faith Steps, Peace. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Thank you for braving this weather and coming out. This is a place where our mission is to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Again, thank you so much for joining us. My name's Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Thank you, God, for this opportunity to be together, to gather. Lord, we come in all different places in our lives. We come, some uh, feeling uh, secure and peaceful and others not. Lord, we give this time to you. Help us set aside anything that would be a distraction and really have some laser focus on you this morning. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And everybody gathered said, Amen. Amen. And so this morning we finish our series called Faith Steps. We've been looking at how we take those steps up and to the right as we get ever closer to uh, God, how we get ever closer to being the person God intended us to be when God first thought of us. We took a step of perspective and then perseverance and patience. And today we're going to look at how peace is an important part of our faith steps. Peace. You know, in our day-to-day lives, peace generally means quiet, tranquility, calm, freedom from disturbance, restfulness, kind of like our house will be now that all the kids are gone. Amen and Empty amen. Nesters, as of last no night offense. at 8 o'clock. Huh? 8 o'clock last night. There you go. Anyway, but um, um, when we consider peace on a, on, a, on a larger stage, a countrywide uh, perhaps, perhaps even a global scale, we generally mean freedom from or cessation of violence, um, uh, terrorism, or even war. Right now, we are hoping for, longing for, praying for the kind, this kind of peace in the midst of shootings and the reactions to those shootings, in the, in the face of random acts of terrorism here and abroad, in response to wars of one type or another around the globe. When, when we consider peace from the standpoint of faith steps, when it's with a, a biblical perspective, what God's definition of peace is, it's really different than our regular understanding of peace, and there's a good reason for that. When we take a look at the origins of the word peace, let's, uh, let's take a look at all the way back to its origins in Latin, and the word is pax. That means peace, compact, agreement, treaty of peace, tranquility, absence of hostility, harmony. You see, this definition of peace really has a lot to do with kind of government, uh, military, legal. Do Do you feel that with those words? It originated back, way back, Uh, in history, Pax Romana, which is uh, a 200-year period of relative peace in the Roman Empire, way back when. On the other hand, the Hebrew, which the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the Hebrew word shalom, we, uh, we usually translate that in English. If we use a single word, we translate it as peace. 
but it's defined very differently than the Latin Pax. When we are taking, talking about shalom kind of peace, we're talking about a peace that involves safety, security, prosperity, well-being, satisfaction, contentment, intactness, wholeness. Exhibiting this kind of peace would mean that one is kind, one is considerate, respectful, just, tolerant of others. The, the Hebrew shalom is less legal and more relational uh, than the Latin pax. Uh, from a community standpoint, shalom means that none are at peace if all are not at peace. Individually, shalom is the kind of peace that only comes from a right relationship with God from knowing that God is in control, that God is on the throne, trusting that no matter what happens, somehow it will be okay because God is on our side. There's a story in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, that illustrates this piece that we're talking about. It's found in the book of Daniel. It tells us about a guy named Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Devin and TC, maybe Abednego could be the baby's name. No. Anyway. Well, that was quick. They didn't even have to think yeah, about that one. No, no, no. It's got you a know, lot of nicknames. That foursome, they were taken captive. They were deported to Babylon way back, 600 years before Christ. So we're talking ancient. And um, it's at a time when Jerusalem was, was captured. These four, while they were important, they had important positions in Babylon, they remained faithful to the laws and customs of their Hebrewness. They didn't bend to the Babylonian beliefs, but they stayed true to what they believed, even though they were threatened, even though their lives were threatened. And so the story within that book of Daniel that we want to focus on this morning is found in chapter 3. The king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, we find in chapter 3, he made an image of gold 90 feet high, 9 feet wide. That's a lot of gold. <laughs> and the idea was that everyone would fall down and worship this graven image. Now when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship this statue of gold, refused to worship any god but the god of Israel, King Nebuchadnezzar told them they would be thrown into a blazing furnace. He then asked what god would be able to rescue them from this, this king's hand. So I'm reading from my Bible. The words are just a tad different than what you're going to see up on the screen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O oh king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O oh king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Mm. I love that line. God is able and will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we will not serve or worship your gods. In other words, 
God can save us. God will save us. We're sure of that. But even if he doesn't, he's still our God. We're not turning away. You know, how often do we kind of come and go depending on if God's uh, doing what we want God to do or not? They said no matter what, he is going to be their God. Talk about peace. Talk about the ultimate and up and to the right in our faith steps. We trust God, and no matter what, we are still going to trust God. Amen that. Amen that. Amen that. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar was really mad when he got that response from those guys, and so mad that he heated a furnace seven times hotter than usual. I don't know how that works, but that's what Scripture tells us. And the furnace was so hot that it killed the soldiers who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into it. And then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement, and he asked his advisors, weren't there three men that were tied up and and we threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, your majesty. And he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Hmm. Three men, yeah, everybody go, hmm. Mm. Interesting. Three men thrown in the <coughs> fire. King Neb, Neb looks in, and there's four. Think about that. God is always with us. No matter what fire we're in, no matter what pit, no matter what hole, God's presence is always with us. Well, the king then shouted to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to come out. (laughs) When they came out, they were unharmed, their hair was not singed, their clothes, their robes were unscorched, they didn't smell of any burning fire at all. Can you just imagine? absolutely incredible and the king then realized that this was like wow and so he praised their god and he decreed that anyone who said anything against their god would be cut into pieces into a pot man this god this king was really uh a little scary so first he throws him in the fire and then he says i'm going to cut you into peace wow anyway then on top of all that, he promoted these three young men into uh, the government. Isn't that a great story? I-, I love that story. Well, not the cut up into pieces part, but... <laughs> <laughs> I love that line about the, no matter what, we're going to stick with God. Yeah. It's a great story of the kind of peace we're talking about this morning. Great story how God is with us at all times. Unlike Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, most of us are never going to have to choose between worshiping a golden image and a fiery furnace. We, we often have to choose between the gold that we worship and, and God, but we don't face, well, maybe we do face a fiery, well, anyway, on this earth, we don't face a fiery furnace, um, the choice between the image and a fiery furnace. But that doesn't mean that God will not give us opportunities, dramatic opportunities, challenging opportunities, risky opportunities to check out our faith. We still get those opportunities. 
And the question is always going to be, how will we respond when faced with such opportunities? Um, I was trying to think of an example of this. I thought, you know, I guess it was last week we had to see you at the pole where kids at their school, they go out to the, to the flagpole and, and they pray before school. A couple of years ago, we had a, a girl, a young lady, I think she's in middle school at the time. Right over usually there. Usually sits right over here. And, and at her school, she was the only one that went out. And yet she faithfully went out and prayed at that flagpole. That, that takes some guts. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Sarah, <laughs> keep it up. Keep it up, Sarah. And I was thinking... Now, we don't have this. Most companies don't even have a flag. But what if you did? What if you had a see you at the pole at your place of business? And uh, let's, say in your, let's say you're in an office of hundreds and hundreds of people. Let's say you're the only Christian in that whole office building. And you know if you go to the pole, you're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be made fun of. People are going to be talking about you at the lunchroom. And the question is, would you go out to the pole, all on your lonesome, and pray knowing what kind of backlash you would receive. Hmm. Would you have the peace necessary to do that all by yourself in that situation? By the way, we had something uh, new this year with our CU at the Pole. We had an elementary school. Girls, we're very proud of you. Great job on that. Great job being a witness. Well, in the New Testament, it's written in Greek. And the word most uh, translated most often for peace is, is irene. Irene is the same as shalom. When you read the word peace in your New Testament, it's, it's translated in Greek, but it means that Hebrew shalom, which means that it's relational. It's not that military kind of thing, but the relational thing. What it means is that it comes, when we read the word peace in the New Testament, it comes from relationship with Jesus. It comes from right relationship with God, knowing that God is in control, trusting God no matter what in our lives, and that's really hard, but knowing that we know that we know that we know that if God is for us, who can be against us? It's the peace that Paul talks about when he uh, writes his letter to the church, uh, the Philippian church, specifically Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. And this is a verse that, uh, a segment of verse that we use often. There's reason for that because it's powerful. It's, a, it's one of those verses we should have memorized and kind of carry with us at all times because it's so impactful. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Say the rest with me, please. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So the, the peace that Paul's talking about just isn't like a switch. Stick with, a, stick <clears throat> with me on this. 
You see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the peace that they had when they were in the fiery furnace, it didn't happen on the spot in that moment. And here's why we say that. Because they lived a life of faith. The peace was the result of living a life of faith. It's so important to take steps, one step after another. And remember, we said sometimes it's not like that, but it's like that. But still taking one step after another leads us up and to the right so that we can experience peace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a personal relationship with their God. We have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's, what, that's how we receive peace. And when that happens, when we're walking with God, you know, whether it's in the very beginning or whether it's here, as we're taking step after step after step, we do have the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. What that means is that we can be in a crisis, we can be in turmoil, our heart can ache, but somewhere we know that we know that we know that there's this, that God's here and that we can kind of rest in God. That's peace. Circumstances don't change, but our heart changes. And we can't explain it away, except that it's God that gives me that peace. Mm. And so we're able to experience that peace, this peace Paul talks about here, this peace that goes beyond all our understanding, this peace that, that seems crazy at times if we're in the midst of chaos, this peace that will guard or protect our hearts and minds. We're able to experience this peace only when we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's in Christ that we find this peace, this irony, this shalom that we speak of this morning. As we get to know Jesus, we find that peace. And as we find that peace, we trust Jesus more and more. As we trust Jesus more and more, we find greater and greater peace. You see how that thing works there? It just goes over and around and around and around, building and building and building up and to the right there. And so it kind of follows that, that these steps we've been uh, looking at during this series, these step-by-step faith steps, that we get closer to Jesus in our faith walk and we find greater peace. And that strengthens our faith walk and that brings greater peace on and on and on up and to the right. So when you're a parent, sometimes you go through rough times. It's not all smooth sailing. Is there an amen to that from anyone? Oh, okay, a couple. So, as a young parent, as, as a young mom, I've been, I was in spots, and I continue to be from time to time, spots that are a little bit overwhelming. And um, I wonder what to do. There was a point a number of years ago where there wasn't peace. I wasn't feeling peace. And it's a time when I was taking steps and growing in my relationship with God. And the only thing I could do, the only thing was to read scripture. So it was a time we had, you know, a couple little kids and I was not settled. And I sat 
in our hallway, in our house, upstairs, on the floor, outside of the kids' bedroom. And I opened my Bible and I read every night. And there was one night that was particularly difficult. And I, I opened my Bible and it fell open to this Philippians 4 passage. And the way this is highlighted, this is the Bible that I was reading, and, and it's not highlighted. It's not yellow there. But I can tell you that when I opened up my Bible, God highlighted the words. It was like they were backlit. They were like, went, whoa, like right at me. And I was reminded that, okay, just keep trusting, just keep walking, just keep depending. Circumstance might not change for a while, but I am with you. You can be anxious all you want. It's not going to change anything. I am here to give you peace. And I, I experienced a flooding in my heart that didn't make sense. And you might think I'm crazy right now when I say what happened to me, but it is true, and I would take a bullet for it. I'm not recanting my story because it's true. See, that's what happens when you walk in faith with God. There are these moments that we have where we're like, I can't do this anymore. And when we walk in faith with God, peace will come, might not come on our time frame, but peace will come. And it's a peace that we cannot explain, that doesn't make sense to anybody around us, but it is. Kind of transcends all understanding. Absolutely. That's what we're talking about. You know, but here's the thing, it, it all starts with Jesus Christ. We're absolutely kidding ourselves to think that that we're going to find this peace without a personal relationship with Jesus. Jesus and Jesus alone brings the peace that we talk about today. It's Jesus and Jesus alone who can allow us to find calm in the midst of turmoil. It's Jesus and Jesus alone who can help us to know that somehow things are going to be okay even when at this very moment they seem anything but okay. You know, we live in a world... It's pretty messed up, don't we? Is there an amen to that any place? It's a pretty messed up place. There's a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of hurt. And not just out there. Right in here. Now, we reflect the world in that respect. Things are pretty, can be pretty messed up. Yeah. And, and, and people... People are looking everywhere for answers to the challenges that we're facing. And the thing is, there's only one answer. And that answer is Jesus Christ. A couple weeks ago, we were in Dover. Some of us were in Dover. Franklin Graham was speaking down in Legislative Hall, in the front of the Legislative Hall, to a gathering. I think the paper said it was about 2,500 people. And he was, he was basically telling everybody, you know, on the one hand, we need to vote. He wasn't saying who for, but we need to get out and, you know, get involved and da-da-da-da-da. But what he made very clear was politicians don't have the answers to the problems. Problems we're facing, there's only one answer for that, 
locally, uh, in, in our home, in our lives, homes, community, state, country, world, I don't care how big the stage, there's only one answer, and that's Jesus Christ. And again, as Carrie said a few minutes ago, it doesn't just happen. It happens when we have a personal relationship with Jesus. I mean, there's a point where we say yes to that relationship, but then uh, it's kind of like when we get married, there's a wedding day, but that's just an opportunity for a marriage to take place, right? We say yes to Jesus, and that's an opportunity for us to start building this personal relationship with him. Gives us the opportunity to say, yes, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Lord, if you're thinking back your English history from high school, is, Lord is the one that you would kneel down to and pay homage to, the number one in your life. Jesus, I want you to be Savior because I can't save myself and I need someone to save me. That, 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 that's who we turn to. It happens when we can put our faith and our trust in Jesus and we can truly understand and realize that peace that we talk about this morning that transcends all understanding. Do you know that peace? Have you experienced that peace? Well, as we said, it starts with the personal relationship with Christ. Because this world will continue to disappoint us. And we can read all the self-help books and do anything we want, but it's only, I mean, and all, some of that is really good stuff, but it's ultimately Jesus Christ and that relationship that carries us through. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? You know, some of us do, but in this room, it's awesome. We love this church because there's people all over the spectrum. Some are exploring what is this all about. Some have been with Christ for a long time, and some are in the middle. And we would also say that there might be some who keep saying no. No, thank you. And we're going to be bold to say that when you say no, thank you, you're saying no, thank you to peace. That can come. That can be yours when you go throughout your day. And so turning that no into a yes, it can be done with some simple words, a simple prayer of receiving Jesus into our lives. And it's important that we all do that every day, that we re- confirm our faith and our relationship with Jesus every day. So I'd like to say a prayer, and I'm going to say it slow because it's called the sinner's prayer. And as I say it, I'm going to get, build a little bit of time in between each sentence so you can say your own prayer to God if you so dare to do. And um, it's an opportunity for every single one of us to claim Christ. So if you'd bow your heads, please. Dear Lord Jesus, 
I'm pretty messed up. It's called sin. I am a sinner. Please forgive me. Thank you for dying for me. I want to turn from this life that doesn't make sense and toward you. Come into my life, Lord. Lead me. I want to follow you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus in the life